You're listening to Generate a Life Well-Lived Podcast. I'm your friend and confidant, Erin Gray. I created this podcast for all the generators in the world to inspire you to live a life that you love and desire, that is in alignment with who you truly are, not who you think you should be. Hi, how is everyone today? I am back home in Maui for maybe a couple, maybe a month or two before our next adventure. We came home. Grayson really wanted to finish school. She had a couple of play performances and silks performance. And so she wanted to finish out school. So we came home. Also, I wanted to ask you if wherever you are listening, if you would, um, let me know. I want to know. Um, I love to hear where you are in the world. And also uh, if it's a place that you, you know, truly love living and think that it's a good place for us to come and visit, I would love to, I would love to hear about it. So on today's podcast, I want to talk about just briefly, like what is human design and what makes you a generator? And no, maybe found human design, human design found me. I don't really remember how it all panned out. Probably human design found me maybe a couple of years ago. I had been in the coaching world um, and I had been trained, maybe I would call it more of a, a mindset coaching. Um, and human design really kind of opened, opened the doors, opened my eyes to really getting into my body, right? I had, I was doing a lot of the mindset work. And even though I was shifting um, my life and I had changed a lot in my life, it still felt a little bit, uh, not, not in alignment with like how I am. And so I really have used human design to get into my body and to make decisions and see where all of my conditioning, um, you know, has shown up or come from, I would consider myself pretty, um, undefined. I think I have five undefined centers and two of my Two of my defined centers are in my head and my ajna. So a lot of my openness or undefined centers, they're, they're in my body. And it has really been eye-opening for me to see how this plays out in my conditioning. And also, um, I like to look at anything, any tool, anything that I learn how to use as a way to empower myself. And I feel like that you know, whether you're defined or you're undefined, there's, there's wisdom, there's knowledge, there's a gift in both. And some people will look at their undefined centers and, and, and think of it in from a disempowering way, but I never, I never do that. I look at it very much of like, there's lots of wisdom here. So I've really been able to use human design to help me let go of some of my beliefs, my conditioning, I see where that conditioning has existed and really lean in and trust my sacral, our intuition and, and really, I guess, own, right. Own who I am. 
So human design is a combination of astrology, the Chinese I Ching, the Hindu chakra system, Kabbalah, and then also quantum physics. And your human design chart is generated by your birthday, your birth time, and your birthplace. And it shows us how we experience and how we process the world, how I use it now, right? Like to, to best, how to best make decisions. I was taught, I think a lot of us were taught that you make decisions from your head, right? Your pros and cons list, or my dad was just telling me the other day, he was making an Excel spreadsheet and he was going to analyze it and then make a decision versus making our decisions from our sacral. And I've really used it how to best live in alignment with who I truly am. And I'm grateful for human design because it's really brought me back to who I truly am before all the conditioning and really live a more aligned life. And I want to say something here about alignment because a friend and I were talking about this yesterday. I think we think alignment means our head and our sacral are in agreement, but that's not what I believe alignment is. I believe alignment is who we truly are and we're acting from that place where we are in alignment with who we truly are. Now, our minds are going to want to pitch a fit about this because the ego has driven the show for so long. So it's really, when I say in alignment with who we truly are, I mean who we started out from birth before all the conditioning, all of the shoulds, ought tos, have tos came in and kind of modified our behavior. So with human design, there are five types. And as you all know, I am building a community for generators for right now. And one, because I am one and I know, I know us really well. And so I'm just going to focus on like, what makes you a generator and generators? There's also manifesting generators, but we're not talking about manifesting generators. We're just talking about generators. We make up anywhere between 35 to 30 7% of the collective. And this is your, what they call type, like how you are designed to interact with the world. And so we generate energy. We are the great workers and the builders of the world. Now, I always want to say this, take what resonates and leave the rest. I only use, like I mentioned before, anything that I use is only a tool to empower myself So if it doesn't resonate with you or it's just not clicking or you're just like, "Mm, not for me, then leave it. As generators, we have a defined sacral and no motor connection to the throat. So our sacral, it is like a battery. So when you are doing work or you're doing things, hobby, playing, things you love to do, you will have an endless amount of energy. And it's almost like your battery gets recharged when you're doing things that you don't love to do. When you're saying yes, from a place of, from your head or your mind ego, instead of your sacral, it's going to feel hard and arduous 
and your battery will drain. Fun fact, my daughter, when she was littler, she used to love playing Barbies. I do not like playing Barbies, but I would say yes, because I thought that's what a good mom should do. And I kid you not, I would fall asleep during Barbie playing sometimes, or I would, you know, it was just really tough for me to like come up with the role play. But if we were to go bike riding together or surfing or swimming in the ocean or, you know, painting or lots of other things that I was a sacral yes for now, keep in mind, I didn't know about human design back then, but I was saying yes, from a lit up place, like, Ooh, this is fun for me too. We had so much fun together. I could go and go and go. But when I would say yes to the things that I thought I should, I didn't have the energy and it felt, it felt draining. So our energy, it resets daily. And we are supposed to go to bed exhausted because we've done work that we love. So like when I fall asleep in bed at nighttime now, right? Like I just get in bed and I lay down on the pillow and I pass out because I've used up my energy for the day. I've done things and not just work, right? Just passions, things that, that light us up. I've used up that energy for the day. And since we are designed to do things that light us up, when we do this, we are highly magnetic. And what I've realized is when I'm not doing things that I love to do, this still happens at times, but I'm getting better at it. But I am not so pleasant to be around. And the people that, that you know, love to be around our energy, our aura, our magnetism, they want that because of the way that we are feeling, right? But if we're doing things we don't love to do, we don't have the energy and we aren't magnetic at all because we're forcing ourselves to do things that we don't want to do. So the other thing about being a generator is we are meant to wait and respond, not initiate. And a lot of us, I think, have spent most of our lives acting as a manifester. That is another human design type. And basically they are meant to initiate. They can have an idea, they can go you know, initiate, bring it to life. And we are more so meant to respond to what life brings us. And when we do this, life flows easier. We effort less. And I want to be really clear because at first when I heard this, I was like, well, what am I supposed to do? Just sit on the couch and I'm just supposed to wait until like things show up. And that's not what that means. That it's more so of, of a pause of like a slowing down and paying attention to what is showing up around you. And it's really tuning in to your sacral and not your mind. And this is where I believe that our work lies because we have been so conditioned to rush to make decisions right from our mind and to go out there and make it happen. Like, I don't have statistics on this, but I'm pretty sure the business world is made up of maybe not so now, right? But it, back in the 80s, of all these manifestors, like, go out and make it happen and, you know, just hustle through it and muscle through it. And for a lot of us, you know, if we're 35 plus percent of the population, this can be 
for me, at least it was very frustrating for me. Cause it was like, you would see people that would go and create these things and it would work out for them. And then you start to think that something's wrong with you and there is nothing wrong with us, right? Everything with all types, right? We all have our geniuses. It's just how we are meant to interact with the world. So in this slowing down, you know, the society now is so much of FOMO, right? Like, what are we missing out on? Or we have to hurry up and make a decision or it's, and, you know, selling sometimes is so much on scarcity, like hurry up or it's going to be gone or, you know, Black Friday sales or just all of this scarcity rushed FOMO mentality that if you're not in tune with yourself, you will bypass that and you will act from the mind. And then this is where our frustration comes in. So this is really checking in and getting into your body of this is a wanting over a shoulding. And the more that you practice tapping into your sacral, the more you will know what that feels like. So we can take action on anything right? Because we have the energy to do it and to complete it, but the outcome is never going to produce the result that we want when we are coming from the place of shoulding ourselves and shoulds only come from our mind, right? Our heart's desire, our sacral, like the sacral response is simply a a gut visceral response. It's an uh uh-huh or an uh uh-uh. And Fun fact, when I was three or four, three, I think this is back in the eighties, human design didn't exist until 1987, but you know, 1983, 1984, I wasn't really talking. I was just as a generator, I was going, "Uh uh-huh, uh-uh, right. When my mom would ask me questions, I would say, "Uh uh-huh or "Uh uh-uh. And a lot of us, this has been turned off. I ended up going to speech therapy because, you know, the, the pediatrician and They were concerned that I wasn't talking, but I was actually instinctively using how I interact with the world. But because, you know, back then we didn't know about human design, they thought something was wrong with my speech, but I was acting from that place. So when you truly are in, in your body and acting from your sacral, you will respond with simple, you know, asking being asked yes or no questions and getting these uh uh-huh, uh-uh responses. And it's almost like your body leans toward uh uh-huh when you have that. It's like like a pull towards something or uh uh-uh, almost like a a backing away. Sometimes it's even like, I call it like a repulsion, right? Like, "Mm, no, mm -mm, don't want that. So the, the fun thing that I think about us generators is we get to dance with the world around us. We get to allow things to show up and then we get to respond with our sacral. And if we slow down, if we really are in tune with ourselves and the world around us, the world is constantly giving us things to respond to. And one of the things that I've had to learn as a generator is it's safe to trust my sacral. It's safe to trust those decisions. And I think that, you know, when we're younger and we have, we are all sensing beings, right? We, we, we know things, but at some point in time, it wasn't safe for us to know something 
or to give a yes or a no or uh-huh, uh-uh, and then to not have a reason behind it. And I think that is one of the reasons why we negate our bodies and go back up into our heads and become rational and logical and and thinking and giving reasons behind things because people, parents, teachers, they want to know how you got, I mean, how many times were you in school and you're like, show your work. I mean, even my daughter, I see this with her. She's like, mom, why do I have to show my work? I gave you the answer. And however she got it in her head, I know that's not so much so sensing, but like she, she knows her way of doing things and she trusts that. And I think when we are younger, because we couldn't give the reason why we couldn't come up with the example or the, the, the knowing we just knew it took us out of our heads and into our bodies. So we work really well with yes or no questions. And when you're just starting out and learning about your design and being a generator, you want to practice yes or no questions, not open-ended ones. Things like, do you want to have Thai for dinner? Do you want to have breakfast for dinner? We like to have breakfast for dinner sometimes. Do you want to have Mexican food for dinner? Yes or no. Simple yes or no questions and asking, you know, either asking yourself or having someone you trust ask you yes or no questions will tap into that sacral response and it will get you to start feeling what that feels like in your body. Obviously start small, right? This isn't the time to be like, do I want to move to a different country? And then making decisions on that. It's just, do I want to work out today? Do I want to go for a walk right now? Do I want to have ice cream after dinner? Just really play with very simple questions, yes or no, to start turning on and tuning into what that feels like in your body. The other thing about being a generator that I've had to learn is that responding, it takes practice because we're so good and so practice at initiating, at forcing, going out there, making that happen. Responding takes trust. A lot of times what I, for myself and what I've noticed in other generators is we have this fear that if we sit back and we wait and we pause to respond, then things aren't going to come and show up for us. But when you know that that is how you interact with the world, you have this sense of trust and that trust takes time. It's a muscle. So the other thing with us being generators is that we are really masterful at what we do. Like we really like to go deep on one thing. Uh, I like, like an expert, right? The, the knowledge, the depth, the really focus that we have. We, we love to, to know things really well. And this also goes to ourselves, like numerous books and and teachers will say this about generators. It's like, we are meant to know ourselves really, really well. One of the things that I've had to learn is to prioritize my joy, my excitement, and my satisfaction. And satisfaction is our actual natural state of being. And I will talk about this on a future podcast with our not self and self themes of, you know, when we're frustrated or when we are, when we're loving life, we feel satisfied because the, I feel like society has taught us to, you know, work really hard and 
to go out there and make it happen. And you play after you work. And there's all these conditions around our joy and our excitement. But the more that we are joyful and we're excited and we're satisfied and we're lit up, the more magnetic we are and the more things come to us naturally because of the energy that we're putting out. And I have really had to, you know, when I talk about in episode two, three, and four, you know, me being off of not working for maybe a couple of years now that I think about that and, and really prioritizing my joy, like figuring out, and this was work for me. I think for a lot of us overachievers, overworkers, this is the work that we have to do. And I'm using air quotes work as in, this is our effort. This is where we aren't practiced in. And I mean, I had to start with, what do I actually like to do besides just like, okay, I like to go outside and walk around the block. Like I had to sit down and think, what do I love doing? And I had to cultivate things. I had to go out and try things. And I didn't necessarily like all the things I tried but I was committed to finding things that I loved to do because who cares if you've got all the money and you've got, you know, you quit your job and you build the business of your dreams. If you still are unhappy and dissatisfied, we've just changed circumstances. So living our lives in the present, in the now, not putting it off for some time in the future. And that is one of the things that I think that we get to practice of really honoring what, what do we love to do? How do we like to play as adults? What are the things that light us up and making that a priority? And the thing that I was thinking about the other day, I went and took our daughter to school. I typically take her to school and my husband picks her up and on the way to school, I'll typically check the surf. And sometimes it's good. And sometimes it's not depending on low tide or winds and things of that sort. But the other day it was really good. And so I asked my husband, Hey, will you meet me? Um, and bring my board and my bathing suit. And I surfed for maybe like 30, 45 minutes. And then I came home and I worked and I was just thinking about how often so many of us were brought up to you work and then you get to play. But I have noticed for myself and this, obviously, you know, you have to check in with yourself and see what resonates for you. But when I, when I play in the morning, I move my body. I do things that are joyful to me. I'm like rip raring to go for working and I can work, you know, four or five plus hours concentrated, right? Like concentrated hours of work because I've gotten to play. And I think that there is this collective census that like, oh gosh, you know, if we play, then we're not going to get any work done, but it's actually the opposite has, I found the opposite to be true. When we play, when we enjoy ourselves, when we take ourselves out for a latte, or in my case, I like iced tea or kombucha, or, you know, you go ride your bike or you go swim or whatever that play looks like for you. You're actually, it adds to your battery. You're rejuvenated and you want to work when you do the work that you love to do. So that kind of plays into for us is our need to move our bodies, like physically move our bodies and exercise through movement, through play, through just ways that you, you, 
we have so much energy and allowing ourselves to move that energy. And sometimes, you know, for me, it might just be a walk. Sometimes it's working out. Sometimes, like I said, it's surfing or going in the ocean or it's just, it's going to be different for each of us, but that, that need for us to burn off that energy on a daily basis. So I just want to give you a couple of examples, you know, of what responding looks like, because this was something that I kind of grappled with at first. Cause I really thought like, well, what, how am I going to respond? Like what, what is there to respond to? But it could be something as simple as like you are on Instagram and you are, I'll use me for example, cause I love vacationing and travel, right? Like I see a, a, a reel of a place and it lights me up and I'm like, Ooh, that looks fun. That looks like something that we could totally do or enjoy. And I get like a full body. Yes. Like, mm-hmm, like that feels fun. And then, um, you know, using that to then do some research and figure out, okay, this is, I was a yes, you know, for the Instagram reel and noticing what it looked like in a place that I would want to travel to, and then kind of going off and then doing the research and, you know, still checking in with my sacral, like, does this still feel good for me? Do I still want to do this? Right. Um, Or like, take, for example, when your kid asks you to take them to a birthday party and you feel the, uh, right. And, uh, is still a no. So you feel, mm, right. That's a no for you in your body, but where you're, where you're thinking you should do it is coming from your mind, right? So your sacral is saying, no, you're responding to your kid. Your kid says, Hey, will you take me to this birthday party? And you're like, mm, not really. Right. I don't want to. Um, and responding to, to that, or someone asks you, you know, to do a speech on a topic, um, at their business and you get a, mm, right. It, it isn't a full body lit up like, yes. And that is the key for you to either that is a no for now, or it's a key for you to get more information and get more clear for then for you to then ask yourself, you know, sacral, like, do I want to do this? And, and if you still get an, eh, it's a no for now. And this is where I've had to learn like to not push because sometimes I'll get like an, eh, and to me, I'm like, well, I could. And I like talk myself into yes, versus trusting and being like, eh, is a no. Um, and so the biggest thing to remember is like, if it's not a full body, yes, it's a no. And that's okay. And trusting that more things are going to come your way. Like the universe is always sending us what we want or better. And are we, are we going to trust that, you know, trust ourselves, trust the universe enough to allow that to, to happen. So those are the little highlights of having generator tendencies, as I like to call them, because our human design chart is, you know, a part of us. We are a soul, a human being, all of these things, but using it in ways that empower you and allow you to live in more and and in true alignment with who you truly are. So my friends, until next time, from my soul to yours. Thanks for tuning in today. If you want to receive your human design chart, you can head over to my website at Generate a Life Well Lived to receive your free chart. As always, from my soul to yours.